The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning comes from Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20, and can be found on page 1524 of your Pew Bible. Matthew records, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he ordained his disciples. He ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So, according to uh, the ancient Greeks, the classical elements of the universe were earth, air, fire, and water. And that this viewpoint continued through the Dark Ages on into the Age of Enlightenment. And once scientists began measuring things and performing experiments to test the truth of our understanding of the world, that is, earth, air, fire, and water, well, they were replaced by chemical elements, the names that we have today of hydrogen and helium and lithium and beryllium and boron and carbon and so forth. And although educated people never really believed that the earth was flat, there was a time when they did believe that the earth was the center of the universe and that of the sun and the planets and the stars, they all moved around the earth. 
And soon after, people like Galileo began looking at the skies through telescopes, and we, that, that, that idea was dropped. Now we believe that the earth and the other planets of our solar system actually travel around the sun. And that the sun, in turn, travels around the center of the Milky Way galaxy, and the galaxies themselves all travel around something. It seems that there is no real center of the universe, just that everything is just in motion around everything else. And these are just two examples of hundreds of scientific ideas that have changed over the centuries. Things that were once accepted as scientific facts were proven wrong, and other ideas took their place. That's how science works. And the reason for this change is that science began to test its ideas with actual experiments. Because for many centuries, much of what we call science came under the category of philosophy. That is, that people would debate one another and come up with their world view. And part of the world view had to do with the way the universe worked. So when scientists began to test this worldview with actual experiments, they discovered that much about the way that we thought the world worked was absolutely wrong. Science had to change. Philosophy, science, philosophy had to change. And science struggled long and hard with these changes. The scientific community had to get used to the idea that speculation and debate are not reliable. We know that you must have an external standard, that this external standard must tell you that one way is right and that the other way is wrong. Now, you would think that people would learn from all the struggles that science had. You would think that people would stop relying on speculation and debate. You would think that people would immediately start looking for some sort of external standard to help them know the truth. You'd be wrong, but you would think... It's just not the case. People relied on their own understanding. Let's consider the question that Jesus asked his disciples today in the gospel. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? This is an important question. Even today, people have many different answers to this question. Some people say, I'm going to put my, a different voice to it. Some people say that Jesus came to show us how to get into contact with the Christ consciousness. 
that lives inside of each of us. Others don't get quite so cosmic. And some people just say, Jesus is my best buddy. Some say, Jesus came to give us an example of of how to live. And others say that Jesus came to give us the power to lead a God-pleasing life. And if you were to examine each of these ideas carefully, you will eventually find that human speculation is at their core. Somewhere, somehow, every one of these ideas began with someone who thought, this just feels right. This seems to be the right idea. Some might even say that their idea just seems to make more sense than even what the Bible clearly says. Others might even mangle the words of the Bible to make it seem to support their own idea. That is, well, you know, the Bible, it was right for when it was written, but, you know, today's different. Now, the disciples' report to Jesus wasn't all that much better. They said, some say... John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. You know, and at least in these answers, they are all biblical people, and they do acknowledge some respect for Jesus, but they are still based on speculation. And the crowds who came to hear Jesus speak didn't really know who he is. He was entertaining. The guy made good wine, wonderful bread and fish, some cool miracles, but they didn't really know who he is. And when we deal in speculation about Jesus, we deal in a sinful, self-centered type of way. And speculation about Jesus, it just always takes us away from our reliance on Jesus and it, and it puts us on a reliance of self. The speculation that just feels or just seems right always leaves a way for us to contribute, to contribute just a, a little bit toward our own salvation. Now listen to me. That even something that sounds as harmless as this, Jesus came to give us a second chance, that's just not right. No matter how many chances Jesus gave us to get it right, we would always, always fail. The truth is this, and hear me now, the truth is this, that Jesus came to get it right for us. He got it right for you and for me. And so that now that we and the disciples have reviewed the popular speculation on the identity of Jesus, Jesus asks us the really important question. And a better translation for this question would be this, and you, who do you say 
that I am. And we thank God for Peter. Because he had the answer when he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Was, was Peter just speculating when he gave that answer? No. No. And Jesus gives the answer to that question. Jesus said this, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, the son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. This is not speculation, for it is from the most absolutely reliable external source available. That is, God the Father Almighty himself said so. This confession is so reliable that it is the foundation of Christ's church. Jesus continued speaking and he said, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This rock of a confession tells us who Jesus is and what Jesus did. Jesus called himself the Son of Man. Peter's confession called him the Son of the living God. And this means that Jesus is both God and man in one person. He is God from eternity, and he is man from his conception by the Holy Spirit. So when Peter confessed, you are the Christ, he is saying that Jesus is the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. The anointed offices of Israel, they are this. They are prophet, priest, and king. Prophet, priest, and king. And in Jesus, we have the perfect fulfillment of all three. As king, he not only established the law, but he keeps it perfectly. As prophet, he not only speaks for God, but he also fulfills all the words that God spoke through his prophets. And as the priest, he not only offers up the sacrifice for sin, but he himself is the sacrifice for sin. It is at the cross that we see what it means to be the Christ. That there on the cross is the Christ sacrificing himself for the sins of the whole world. And there is the Christ, the rock on which the church is built. And it is with his suffering and death on the cross that Christ overcame sin. And since death relies on sin, Christ also defeated death. The resurrection must follow the victory that Christ won for us on the cross. It is in, it is with his resurrection from the grave that Jesus finished showing the disciples and us what it means to be the Christ. Listen to Luke 24, 45 through 46. Jesus said, 
Well, Jesus opened his disciples' minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. It is with the complete picture of Christ's suffering, his death and resurrection, that we have a complete picture of what it means to be the Christ. It is with this complete picture that we begin to understand Peter's confession. That is, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. We cannot make this confession with our own flesh and our own blood. It is not something that we will develop through our own speculation. It must come from outside of us. And the Father, the Father sends the Holy Spirit to do do just that. The Holy Spirit works in us through word and through sacrament to establish and maintain our faith. And it is only by that faith that we can truly make this confession, the confession of Peter. And we who have this faith in Jesus as the Christ, well, we have a relationship with God. And that relationship will last forever. Jesus promised that he would always, always dwell with us here as we live on this earth. And he also has promised that we who believe will live with him forever in heaven when we leave this world. And the blessing this confession is, well, the blessing of this confession is is way, way better than anything that our speculation can provide. And because, because this comes from the Father Almighty, because it came straight from his lips through Jesus Christ, we know that it's true. In the name of Jesus, amen.